Doog. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I think I think I'm good. This shit's born ready. <laughs> I refer to myself as this shit. <laughs> this shit's warmed up and ready to go. I don't think we should talk about how shit is warmed up. <laughs> um, yeah, it comes out warm. Oh, uh, that's true. If you're warming it up, you got real gross stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you got gross things you're into. <laughs> what <Way> gross? <laughs> Uh, hey Kim, did you warm my shit? <laughs> oh. We're getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, Lord, uh, Lord. I think we're ready to go. Uh, are you want to talk about video games? Um, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> yes, uh, you just oh came over god. and sat down. <laughs> so, oh my god, this is I'm, I'm starting. This is Wazd Ari. Before we get started, I have one question for you. Yeah. Is it weird for you that I'm recording this with a V-neck? It's a deep V, too. I don't like it. I, I wasn't going to mention it because it's your house, but it, now that you brought it up, yeah, no, I don't like it. I don't like that you even own that. Is it weird that I dug through my shirt drawer to find this because I knew we were recording? Do you not want us to be friends anymore? Is that why you're telling me this? Let me just pull this down a little bit more. So, If you guys hear anything hitting uh, the microphone, that's my boner from... <laughs> I have I have uh, the sweetest of undershirt. Deep also, the air conditioning on has made your nips go crazy in that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, great. Now I'm all self conscious. Come on. Well, you should be. It's chilly in here. Hide your shame, Joey. <laughs> no, Hide I'm, from the world. I'm just gonna sweat through it, so it's no big deal. <laughs> but seriously, you don't need to own that. The shirt? Yeah, you don't need. To I don't even own know where V-nex. it came from. I have a whole bunch of these like undershirt V's. I, maybe I had them from like. You go. You were on like a Jolt Cola Mania <laughs> high that you just went on Amazon and bought a bunch of V-necks. I didn't buy these. I'm gonna I go to the club. I don't know where they came I'm from. I'm gonna put my V-necks on. Everyone's gonna look at me and wanna wanna know what's right below the V. I got it so they could I could get out of uh, traffic tickets. <laughs> no. <ugh. laughs> Everyone at home, you can only imagine what's happening. Just put a goddamn shirt on. I won't give you this ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perfect <laughs> all right this is the first uh recording in the new house yeah joey bought a new house he's We're, brag humble brag from joey out the gate no we talked about it in, in lol how that was the last recording oh. in the old house this is the first recording in the new house all right so I'm, you got the humble brags on the old one now you get yep. the humble brags on the new one i'm a guy who has had multiple homes this, and i've owned one of them <laughs> many homes yeah. that i live in most not legally this one yes <laughs> I'm logging into our email. That's why I'm over here. Okay. Uh, yeah, very nice home you have. Uh, I appreciate you inviting me over into this beautiful... I brought him a giant fruit basket. He didn't do any of this. And it says, Welcome, Joey Kim. <laughs> in various fruits, mostly exotic fruits in, like <laughs> rambutan and dragon fruits. What's rambutan? Rambutan. What's that? It's uh, a, a fancy fruit that's in your basket. <laughs> it's got a lot of spikes. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Uh, no, no. You're thinking of jackfruit. Okay. I have jackfruits, too. <laughs> Those are behind the ramp, Dan. Those are all around. Okay. I've never it's had any of these. This very is nice. heavy basket. And this ba- this big one in the back, This is this uh, uh, that poop-smelling Durian? One? Yeah. yeah it's, and, and actually shoved in that durian is actual poop. <laughs> That's warm. <laughs> That's heated up. <laughs> Great. Because I didn't want to be rude when I brought you... Some cold poop? Some cold poop in this durian. (laughs) 
durian. Makes it smell better. So welcome to our durian cast. <laughs> it's Joey and Ari. Keep hitting the fucking mic. All right, we got some some emails. Uh, Wazpod at gmail.com. Let's just get right in. Get all it's been a while that. since we recorded. So Getting that warm poop. <sighs> this is from Adam, friend of the show. Subject, Monaco the movie. Dear Joey and Ari, I wanted to ask a question based on something the guys at Climax keep bringing up. And while it may not be as hardcore as they would like, uh, like it to be, but it needs to be asked because reasons. The boys at Climax have mentioned... The boys at Climax just sounds like a weird... Like, <laughs> Those boys at Climax. Yeah, it makes me feel gross to say it. Mm, they they got these leather shorts they put on. <laughs> they keep oiling each other up and talking about dudes and movies. That, you know, but I'd say pretty accurate. Yeah, no, no, this, yeah. The picture it paints, pretty accurate. You guys <laughs> exactly. haven't seen how they record that, but there's a lot of lube. It's in a circle because each of their nipples touches the nipple of one of the other ones. Yeah, so it's like a star. This podcast is optional deep V. That one's <laughs> mandatory. <laughs> no, that one's no V. No V. Yeah, all D, no V. That's, <laughs> That's their, right. Their, their motto. Are we starting podcast wars? <laughs> nah, we can't win that. <laughs> I was like, nah, they stand no chance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you're but, in most of them, so we'd end up just, you would have to talk shit about yourself. I'm, I'm pretty good at that. I do that <laughs> more often than I don't. Uh, the boys at Climax mentioned their love of the heist movie. Uh, Ocean's Eleven, The Rock, to name a few. I believe there's a game that could make a great heist movie. Monaco is easily one of my favorite games. I know you guys have played it, and if not, have you heard of it? <clears throat> okay, I, I read that wrong. Monaco is easily one of my favorite <laughs> games. I know you guys have played it, and if not, have you heard of it? Okay, no, I read that right. It is a well-made stealth game with tight controls, a simple yet surprisingly satisfying story, and best use of color and music to make it a beautiful experience. With all this said, I have a burning question. Who would you get to be involved? Who would you want to direct it? Who would you want to cast? Yeah. Who would you... um, Would you keep the story or change it? Also, when I say who would you want to cast, I mean everyone. The locksmith, the lookout, the cleaner, pickpocket, mole, hacker, gentleman, redhead, and even though I'm sure you know, the lookout and the redhead are girls. Yeah. So, I guess we start this in parts. First of all, we both heard of the game. We have both heard of it. I fucking love Monaco. <laughs> I fucking love it, too. I have, like, almost 30 hours in it because I did the story stuff. I did a lot of the online leaderboard stuff. Played it with people. The, I'd say the only reason we haven't talked about it on this podcast is because we assume that it's been talked to death. It's a pretty bigger indie thing, too. And it had been out for a while by the time we started. That's true. Yeah. and But definitely, I love the game. Yeah. It no, was, it's I, so That was good. one of those like most anticipated games that then came through. Mm-hmm. The music is so awesome. I actually listened to that soundtrack. There was like some humble... So uh, good. A humble... Uh, game music bundle or something for a dollar you could get soundtracks to like five games it was like fez monaco uh some i can't remember but monaco i've actually just like listened to the soundtrack because it's all that old jazzy it's so freaking good piano music yeah and the mechanic of the interaction between the music and the game where like when things get hairy the music raises up and the tempo of the game of the music goes crazy that's the game so good i've actually felt the most like it's come through on that type of promise like a lot of games will talk about how their music is dynamic but that one i have actually felt it like when you get blasted with a shotgun and it goes dun 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 almost immediately it's so great. Hits you in the gut. Uh, when we went to IndieCade last year uh, in Culver City, they actually had a live setup. I don't know if you were there for this. Where it oh, was in the evening? In the evening. No, I, oh, I left. It was so cool. They were 
projecting the game on a big screen, and they actually had a stand-up player, uh, stand-up <sighs> piano, where it was playing along. I remember to the game. you telling me about that. I was so pissed. I it missed was it. So rad. Um, like, was he watching the sh- the yes, thing so he could react and, to it? Yeah, it's like old timey movies where they'd score it in the movie theaters. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it was like. Wow. It was so cool. <laughs> um, yeah. The the so first of all, yes, we've heard of it. We love the game. It's awesome. Recommend it. It's one of the best. Like. Local multiplayer, also online multiplayer. It wasn't good. bad, yeah. Also, the single players, almost impossible, but still pretty. <laughs> it's still fun. pretty good, yeah. That game gets really fucking hard. Holy god! But and, and especially if you're trying to hundred percent it, it's impossible. Impossible, yeah. You, you can't do it. That game is great when stuff goes wrong. Like it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's almost less fun if you guys are super great at it. Because when you're going through and it's perfect, it's just like a really quiet, normal experience. But usually what happens is you're playing with one person who hasn't played it a lot. <laughs> and it's just, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, like, fuck. Oh, you-, you died in the middle of ten guards? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? You're- and then everyone goes and dies in the same <laughs> yeah. pile dun, 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 to try dun, to rescue dun, dun, your dun, idiot dun, dun, ass. We, uh, I remember last time we played it, it was uh, Nick was the mole. Yeah. and I love the mole. He, instead of opening doors, he would accidentally dig a hole right next to the door <laughs> to get to the other side of it. So everyone's alerted. Yeah, everyone's yeah. like, Nick, no, no, because it has that little meter that fills up every time yeah. before it goes through the wall. And I could see it happening. I'm like, Nick, you're digging, you're digging. And then it would just go through it. And he's like, I like the mole. This is easy. <laughs> But then we ended up still winning somehow, and it was like the most chaotic, terrible heist I'd ever seen. But who's your favorite character to play as? To play, I like the hacker a lot. Hackers, a, that's a tough one. Yeah, because a lot of the levels just aren't really suited. For- yeah, it's more for later. Yeah. Um, but I, I like having those little green boxes follow you because you're like almost unstoppable if there's no actual guard. And it feels like you have thousands of minions that are yeah. like going to do your. And bidding. all you need to do to help is to have those hacking boxes and then you just stand in there and everyone's like clear behind you it's yeah. really neat but uh, it's definitely more of a support so you can't play him so much when you're by yourself at least from what i remember especially yeah. in the early it's, levels because there's not a lot of outlets really tough. you can still hack the outlet though yeah but it, you can't do anything else it gets you doors open other... and security stuff but still I, but yeah yeah it's it's you more of a thing later people mm-hmm. my favorite guy is the mole yeah by far i love digging random paths just around the entire like perimeter so you just load so, it up and dick around and like don't try to do the thing like, yeah make little words and stuff like that and <laughs> just have escape paths everywhere i'm more surprised that that works as well as it does yeah because it's you're it's allowing you to completely break the level too pretty much but it's hard because like you can then do what nick was doing where it's like you actually <laughs> break through yeah. and there's a room of guards who'd flood in mm-hmm. uh Super solid game. Okay, so second part of that question is, do you have casting? I have a couple that just came to mind. Yeah? Tell me. Cleaner. Jason Statham. Okay. Easy? Easy. Done. Uh, I think the mole should be... um, I have a mole, so I'm interested for yours. Fred Willard? No, not Willard. Fred Willard. The Uh, guy who played Willard. The creepy dude. (laughs) Well, what about Fred Willard? Not Fred Willard. (laughs) Hey, guys. Fred Willard could be a good gentleman. He would be a great gentleman. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Who's the guy who played the the rap movie? Willard. Crispin Glover? Crispin Glover, the Th- mole. That's not Willard. Yeah. I, God, I thought that was This ben. is our Crispin Glover thing. <laughs> I thought that was Ben. Like a remake of... Because wasn't there a Michael Jackson song for that? Ben, the two of us, or whatever. <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> All right, forget it. Are I you talking know. about Free Willy? No. What is happening? This the 80s <laughs> Michael Jackson soundtrack rat movie where it was like a horror... Ah, whatever. <laughs> so Crispin Glover, you think is the mole? Yeah. See, I was See, thinking... I, or the cleaner, but you already took the cleaner. 
He would be such a creepy cleaner. I know. He'd be a creepy everything. The cleaner never talks. He would be great as any like the the gentleman too, or as the locks a lock pick, or the guy with the monkey. No, Christian Glover has to be the guy with the monkey. Okay, that's fine. Uh, that's the pit, pickpocket. Pickpocket. Locksmith, who's kind of the lead. He's like a George Clooney type. Like I see him normal as more dude. Of like a hunchback, like uglier dude who's like the leader. <laughs> you can't have an ugly lead. Come on. I know, but the locksmith, that's not like a cool Yeah, but he's like the guy who got it all together. Yeah, that's this true. This is deep cut for people who haven't played Monaco. So here's my mole, Paul Giamatti. I could see that. I think I think he'd be good. Though he's the most French, right? Uh yes. So it has to be Jean Renault then. Or not Jean Renault. <laughs> <laughs> who's the guy who's the, the professional? Most yeah. That's that's Jean. No, he yeah. directed the professional, but the main guy is it John Renault? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the only. It's French, Crispin Glover. It's the only French guy that works. <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson. So what uh, about the redhead? The redhead and the uh, it was the lookout. I would I would do the redhead could uh, I mean Scarlett Johansson's too easy. <laughs> How about the lookout could be Alison Brie because I would want it to be because she would look like a foxy redhead. But no no no. The lookout. Oh, the lookout. Oh, yeah. yeah Allison yeah, yeah. Brie, because yeah, she oh, she'd yeah. be like. Because she should be in everything. She should be in everything anyway. And then who do we got left? Uh, Fred Willard's a gentleman. <laughs> That's so good. The lookout um, was Allison Brie. The locksmith is the only one. The locksmith. So you think he has to be leading man? He's got to be leading man because that the whole first story is I the know, locksmith story. But the the locksmith character is such like a. But Ari, when we're cutting back, we don't want to see an ugly guy's face every time we're what recapping. A, what about like a like a disfigured pretty boy who's not really disfigured, like has a scar, but he's still like, you know, like Colin Farrell or something like that. Colin Farrell be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Like Bullseye though. And then, when Colin Farrell was Bullseye and Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing like Daredevil. Oh, so it'd be Benefleck. It would be Benefleck. Benefleck. <laughs> Benefleck for everyone. Is that that insurance? Yeah. Yeah. With the duck. Uh, director? I don't know. I don't know. Like y- you'd want to say something like Guy Ritchie because it's so stylized. Yeah. But who get who? who Shyamalan. I'll do it. Yeah, Joe. Fuck you. I'm Joe directing it. it. Okay. I actually liked it. You know, he asked about the story in Monaco. I thought that was super awesome. Like, not to spoil Monaco, it's a little old at this point, but there's you go no, through the lock. The story is to, actually solid. To, yeah, but there's nothing to spoil because it's so much of like playing that game. And once you unlock the first story and start the second first story. Right, but that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is I didn't know that was a thing. You play through the entire story as this is the locksmith essentially telling the police how this whole thing went down. Okay, so you know it doesn't end well from the beginning. And then at a certain point, um, you finish the game, and then you go to a different character's POV. He's like, that's not how it happened. It's Rashomon. You see yeah. the same story, but from a different perspective. Exactly. Though some of the levels are different because, because they, they were telling them level. wrong. They were, or, or they were at a different place when the other thing was happening. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Do you, is it the pickpocket? Is that the second tree? It's been so long. I think it's the locksmith and then the pickpocket tells it because there's essentially two halves to this group. There's the locksmith's people and then there's the gentleman's people, which is like the mole, the hacker, the gentleman, and the redhead. And then... um, Oh, we didn't cast hacker. Matthew Lillard. Done. (laughs) No, I I veto that. (laughs) Um, But it's... they do that thing where he's like, that's not how it happened. And then it gives them a legit reason to change the level. Yeah. He's like, at this point... Because it bails them out. Yeah, this yeah. went terrible. So this level is now swarming with guards because of what happened in the previous thing. 
and it's no he's lying to you it's just a really great way to reuse levels but make them different and it still works in the story which it didn't even need yeah and if you've never also if you've never seen the artwork you should just go and look at screenshots or like some play video because the art is so good too yeah there's a lot of really great um visual cues that don't spell stuff out for you but you eventually know what they mean yeah um it's pretty it's pretty slick so i we just spent like 20 minutes talking about monaco but there you go fucking great we talked about monaco (laughs) cross that one off the list um mm. i probably have extra copies we'll give it out at some point I think of Monaco. Yeah. Oh, great. I think there was a humble bundle I just bought or something. I don't okay. know. Okay. I can look in the in the keys. Let, yeah. me, let me do that real quick. Um, we got another message from, or I got a message from the entire Soviet Union, which uh, I'm blanking on the real name of this dude, but Wazd Group on Steam, the entire Soviet Union. For one, he sent me Visser cleanup detail. Yeah, he sent it to me too. So that's awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I haven't played it yet, but I'm looking un- forward to it. I'm unfortunately unable to redeem it. Uh, I tried. I got it in my email. Tried to redeem it. It didn't show up in Steam. And then when I clicked redeem in the Steam browser, it took me to my account, but it wasn't there. So I don't know if something's going on. Unless he, like, unsent it to me, maybe? Probably. He probably then was thought, like, oh, you know what? Joey's a dipshit. I'm going to send it to Ari. <laughs> maybe that's part of it. me the same I, code. I just wanted to let him know if he was listening and I didn't say anything. That's I haven't been able to redeem it for one reason or another. But he uh, says, Dear Joey, stop shitting on Phil's ideas. Also, enjoy the game. And then he says, I have a question. Have you played Thomas Was Alone? If so, how do you feel it was gameplay and story-wise? And I have not. Another game I can talk about for <laughs> another 40 minutes because I, I was... I was not talking about it because I thought it was talked to death too, and then I was shocked to learn that you have never played it. I assumed I, everyone played it. I, it's it's, so it's not that I haven't good. played it because I'd not like heard of it or seen it. It's I played it for maybe a couple minutes. And I was like, I get this. You have these squares that are different shapes, and then you solve puzzles with oh. them. And I was like, I just didn't think it was that fun. It's so good, and it's it's not that long. Like it's mm-hmm. four six hours, and they they just added more content. I feel like we talked about this game in the last episode. Did we? I think we did. Oh, maybe about how they added okay. more shit. So then I'll I'll go do an update because I've subsequently gone back and played through all the new shit. Oh, okay. And it's it adds another like hour and it's really great and they didn't have to do it. Is it like a postscript or something to the story that was in the first one? Basically, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it. The thing is with these blocks, each block is a different character that has a completely different feel to it, and it the and it's different actions that it can do. Like one can double jump, or but one they don't talk. Can shoot. Well, they squeak. They they talk through a narrator, right? So it's like Jasper was thinking to himself, "You know what? Today I'm gonna jump higher than I've ever jumped before in my life," and that's when he you like realize he can double jump and stuff like that. You know, it's like, but the characters feel like like they're talking like he was worried that Denise didn't like the way that he jumped, and that's this other like pink block who can like do some other thing i fucking love narrator stuff and they feel like the personality that the narrator is giving them yeah and it's just a square so and it's just a square but like the fact it can jump higher than everyone else it like makes it make sense that it's like the show-off character uh-huh, uh-huh. you know it's like oh this dude just loves showing off going higher than everyone else or like this guy can float in water so he's just like happy to help people you know it's like because he's the fairy for other blocks like each block is anthropomorphized so well mm-hmm. that they actually have different feeling mechanics that match their personalities. Is it super art house though? Like, is it? 
it's it's whimsical. I okay, would say. whimsical I would say is it's, fine. It's very very whimsical. If uh, you, it, you, I never would. I have a very low tolerance for head up their ass games. Yeah, I don't feel this was that. Email waspod at gmail.com and uh, first person who does that and tells me their Steam name, I'll send you. Thomas was alone. We have that in here. Yeah, it's so, great. And we'll I, talk about it. I own it. I have not played it yet, but. I, I know it's, I should. It's totally worth it. Give it an hour. If you don't like it after an hour. Then quit. But you should definitely get a feeling for it after an hour. Mm-hmm. And even the puzzles, I think, are fun. They're not super hard. They're not super I just easy. Got, I They're... got to the ones where you were having to jump on top of it, each other. Yeah. And that was like, I felt like that was it. But I'm sure there's more to it. There's a lot of that where you're using different characters, different abilities yeah, to, to like get yourself to a mutual result. Um, but I... I I wasn't bored. I mean, okay. I thought they were fun. I like the narrator idea a lot. That that alone will probably make me want to at least check it and out. And this story's the story's pretty neat. It's all about these. This comes in very early. It's about these AI that become sentient. That's what the and squares you're are. Following their journey out to, of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. I think I remember parts of that. I thought you so bring that back up. It's, yeah. I, uh, so Soviet Union. It's a great. Game. The entire. The entire Soviet, Soviet Union. Yeah, thanks so much uh, for the game. Haven't had a chance to play it yet. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate it. Um, um, did we we talked about the guy who sent us Mountain last time, right? I didn't get Mountain. You? Oh, I got Mountain, and he sent us the horror game. And oh then, yeah, yeah. And Bad Rats. Yeah. That was uh, James. We, yeah, we did. Okay, I don't Thank know him. if we remembered. Though, uh, was it El Rebelled? I think mm-hmm. sent me Cat Lady. Oh yeah, which is awesome. Thank and you, you played through it. I beat it. Like as soon as you sent it, I started it up. <laughs> you might have noticed I was playing it a lot. I did, and it was like, oh shit, I was going to talk about that one, but <laughs> I guess I'll leave it to Ari at we'll, some point. We'll talk about it in the future, so I won't go into it. But okay. just a big thank you, um, and uh, yeah, good taste, guys. Yeah, send us stuff. We'll talk about it. Waspod at gmail dot com. If you want to be part of the show, if you want to join our Steam group, there's like various coupons and things that float through there. So. Yeah. It's Wazpod as well. Yeah. The, the Steam group interface is pretty awful. Yeah. So you have to dig a little bit to see stuff we post, which is irritating, but and we do post, you know, maybe once a week, at least something. Someone, yeah. And I'm we're in the new house now, so um, I did a speed test for upload download speed. Yeah. We should be able to stream now. Really? Yeah. Because we got, you got like... the fat pipe? We got the biggest... It's like 20 meg upload. Upload. At the other house was like. Stop laughing, Koreans. (laughs) Yeah. At the other house, it was like two. Yeah. So I was able to stream out of the other house barely, and now we've like ten times as as fast. Streaming so slow you couldn't bear it. Eh, eh, What? I don't know. I got um, a game I haven't told you about, but I bought secrets, and I want to stream because I think it'd be a really great local one. Is that screen cheat game? Is it lifeguard? Screen cheat. We will stream lifeguard. Screen cheat. All right. Do you know what that is? No. Um, local first-person shooter. Think grid, like yeah. the four screens. Uh-huh. The, your opponent is invisible, so you have to shoot them by looking where they oh, are yeah. in their box. <laughs> so it's the shit everyone always yelled at you for during Goldeneye? Yes. That, like, now it's encouraged. But that's the it's game. It's necessary. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's called screen cheat. I think it's on Steam for, like, $9, but I bought it already. And it was like, oh, it has online. And then I bought it. I'm like, wait, it takes away the whole goddamn point because <laughs> it's all about being in the same room. If it's four players, though, we should it is. try to grab a couple other people for. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll definitely. Well, we are uh, 
XSplit license renewed, so we're good for another. <laughs> On purpose or just? No, I'm just I got an email saying, All "Hey, right. we charged your car." <laughs> so I guess I'm out another fifteen bucks, but whatever. All right, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, no more housekeeping. Is that? Uh, that's I everything? think that's it for All now. Right. Yeah, we'll give away a game again later. We're getting down to the email or the email links only, like less keys. Do you want to do a new segment? Yeah. So let's jump into a, a little new segment. So, uh, You got a name for it? Uh, let's go <laughs> 20 minutes or less. <laughs> or your pizza's free. <laughs> and <laughs> half the pizza's eaten. <laughs> Working title. <laughs> Trademark. Okay. All right, go for it. Patent pending. <laughs> so basically, uh, we'll call it 20 minutes or less. 20 minutes or less. This is the segment where we talk about games that uh, we definitely aren't, um, uh, we can't really have a too solid of opinion because it was so bad we didn't want to play it for more than 20 minutes. <laughs> or would, would you also or, throw into this that it's so not done, you're going to go back to it later, like in an early access instance? I mean, you can talk about, I think early access is a separate thing. Okay. You can talk about that separately, but like, these are games that I think are interesting, that drew us to them. We started playing, and then they're basically unplayable, or you just really didn't like it, okay. or it, it was so boring that you couldn't get through, and just run through what about those games made them, you know, to the unplayable degree that they were. Obviously, we can't have too full of an opinion since we didn't yeah since beat it's a, the games and we didn't max them out so this is know, us covering our journalistic basis yeah if, if you disagree <laughs> let us know if we should keep playing them sure but that'd be great actually if I, someone really really disagrees with that the games that i have i probably won't play ever again even if you say it's the best game in the world <laughs> okay <laughs> um but yeah so that's that's 20 minutes or less for these games that they're they're either just not our game or they're not good or they have a bad start yeah or they get a slow start yeah 20 know. minutes or less game number one ari sure so uh recently i played the void okay the void this is a moody uh atmospheric uh but it's story exploration it's not a story exploration okay is it a hunt and seek i played it for 25 minutes i didn't get any story <laughs> i got a story that i'm in like i'm i'm in some afterlife that's not the void because then you step into the void. Okay. So I don't know where I am. It says you're dead, but it also says that you're alive. In this <laughs> in this world, you have to collect... Is that one of those things where it's like it keeps bringing up mysteries by saying stuff is the thing and then the opposite of the thing? <laughs> I, am a, I am dead, but I am alive. I am awake, but I am asleep. I am... That's you. So you played the game. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually a writer on the game. <laughs> Story credit, Joey. <laughs> oh, Ari, it's hurtful. You didn't know that going in? Well, it it makes sense. <laughs> Let's just say that. Okay. Asshole. So you just, it was too slow and you bailed. No, 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 no. It wasn't even too slow. It was, uh, I didn't even explain all of it that I got. This is what the all that I got. There's color. You have to collect color into hearts and then you have to use the color into your heart. And if your color runs out, you die because there's no color left in the void. I don't know. I don't understand either. You then have to harvest color. Like you can plant color trees mm -hmm. that grow color plants. Uh, I don't know color why trees. there used to be color in the void. I don't know why there's not color anymore. You meet. You get all this story from this woman who lives in a hollowed out tree, who who tells you that she'll always be in that tree. 
I don't know who she is or why she's in this tree. I don't know why she knows so much about this color void. <laughs> like, there's so many questions. And then the gameplay mechanic is so... Uh, or uh, the actual game uh, controls are so bad where you're like walking slowly. And then even when you run, it's just empty. You're walking through this really... <laughs> but it's the void. It's accurately named. It's you not walk like- so slowly. Here's... Okay, strip all that bullshit away. Here's what you actually do. Okay. You walk giant expanses and then you see little things and you collect those things. Okay. And then you keep walking and collect those things. That sounds all right. That's it. <laughs> the same. Th- you're collecting the same thing. Little things. Oh, oh, and then and then occasionally you see a tree that you plant the thing that you got in that tree, and use your mouse as like a stylus to draw a shape that never gets recognized. <laughs> so like, my first shape is a Jesus fish. I've done that Jesus fish a thousand times on the screen. It still it's doesn't know. Like, you know, if you did that properly, then you would have it would have been more efficient, but you didn't. It's like, okay. Maybe it's a I'll thing that's again. built to like slowly break you down and just convince you you're terrible at drawing. <laughs> I but no one is good at drawing with the mouse on a screen. You just have to make I'm big good shapes. With, I'm pretty good with it. Just, just saying. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this ge- I got 20 minutes. I was so bored. Yeah. I was so, so bored. And the, there was no, for a story driven game, there was no story. And then the actual controls were so slow. the The actual aesthetic is is kind of is, is like is fine. it three D? It's three D, right? It's three D. Okay. So it looks like an empty three D world where they purposely did it. I know to some degree, but to some other degree, it seems like it's just like oh, that takes so long to make stuff to put <laughs> in the world. Let's just like yeah, yeah. Leave it we'll call empty. it the void because that's like all empty anyway. We don't problem solve, produce, put but my name on it. Someone spent a lot of time making it. Yeah. But it's just, I couldn't play it longer. Maybe it was like a, in a huge studio's off time thing. It's like, let's make an art, art house thing later. And not put our <laughs> and name on it. And not put stuff in it, yeah. Yeah, not put, so I don't know. It, it It's too good for how bad it is, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, I feel like there might be a cool story that just, like, they didn't front load it enough <laughs> um, to get to. Yeah. But there's not even anything, like, enticing you to keep moving. So that's yeah. What's what? What have you been playing? I, I'm um, I'm looking through my list here of stuff that's installed and uninstalled, and I haven't found one. You want me to go do another? Yeah, one let me keep looking while you go on to your next one. Okay. I feel like I'm I'm doing good here. <laughs> I'm able to multitask. So here's a totally different game that I think you played a little, so you'll have uh, some opinions. Some opinions is to the moon. No, I never played it. I, oh, ins- I installed it and didn't okay. play it. I, I had heard from a lot of people that like that sort of uh, story-driven, arty story that they really liked it because it looks like an old Super Nintendo game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, That's kind of like neat. Those old Super Nintendo games I used to really love, which is kind of like a Final RPG. It's like the story only parts of an RPG, right? Like pop-up text boxes and... Like uh, adventure RPG. It's because you're collecting things you know and using those things is kind of solving puzzles okay but and there's no fighting so it's not you know action rpg it's adventure rpg it's fairly short i from what i've heard i don't know because i played it for i think an hour i gave it um and there was still a lot left Mm -hmm. like it's kind of a neat premise you're a scientist it reminded me almost of um the uh eternal sunshine spotless mind oh it's that wacky no oh i mean the story where it's like there's this company that they sell this product where if you're dying they'll use this helmet to get into your head and like 
fix everything that's shitty and give you like a great memory and great experience. That sounds cool. It sounds cool. Yeah. But it's just, just really, not fun to play. It's not fun to play. <laughs> okay. But maybe so they just long. hope you you're yeah, maybe they just hope you get into the story enough that like that they wanted to tell a story and it's an interactive one. Well the thing is like to clean up these memories, you're then replaying the same oh. area but different times. Like you're moving back in time and so you're piecing together what this guy's life was. Mm-hmm. Um so then you can like go back and fix it. That's pretty smart. Like at least they have a reason to reuse. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. It, there's a, there's a lot of clever things, and I can understand why people would like it. It's just uh, it became boring because all it is is find three objects, move on to the next one. Find three objects, yeah. move on to the next one. Just click every single little thing. Um, and then the actual like dying guy's story is not that interesting. Uh, the characters themselves, like one of them, supposed to be the idiot goofball you know it's like eternal sunshine where it's okay. like one of the you know clinicians is not great and the other one's like very technical and it's like i didn't find it funny i didn't find the story that engaging it was just kind of a slog maybe you were in like, a bad mood i played it a much a few different times okay just yeah, and i, I kept like, trying I to like do those it. games yeah because i'd heard so many good things about mm-hmm, it me too it just was uh it was a slog for me so it's not a bad game it's just i i i got to the point where it's like i'm bored okay too many other games I got this sort of a deep cut, and I think it's one that they they always have in those packs, like a giveaway pack. Uh, it was ninety nine levels to hell. You know this one? Never heard of it. It's a <clears throat> a roguelike, um, like, and you're going down. Keep going further down, which you would I be approve. a fan of. Okay, but th- the game itself is fine, and it's like a, a little little dude right stick you know aims your gun left stick moves you have to collect x amount of things or kill stuff what to open perspective the, is it it's side scrolling side scrolling okay. yeah so i i like the idea of there being like a finite thing but it's super hard and get bombs to blow up stuff get keys it's the art and i hate saying that this is the reason i am not playing it anymore yeah. but there's something about if you're able to put something together that is technically fine and you just cheap out on this one thing <laughs> like it just you didn't care I, I don't really want to care because it's it's not that you feel bad though because you're sure like the guy's like a killer programmer yeah and yeah he, like made this game but just like has no experience with art there's just something about it I'm, i mean parts of it are fine it's your main dude is kind of like this little hat man with big walking feet and it's just like it doesn't i don't know what to think about it and it's got like big ugly texts um, I like that when you shoot stuff, blood sprays onto the walls and the ceiling and everything. But there's just something about it that has it's missing that final like twenty percent of polish. So you just couldn't. I couldn't get past it. Get I did one that. life. Yeah. Got down to the like as far as I could. Died. Went back, and it's one of those things where I think you have to get all the way through it or uncover a checkpoint at least for. Yeah, because it looks like the type of game that would be right up your exactly wheelhouse. Yeah, there's if you take too long at a level, a ghost comes. Ooh. You know? See yeah. what I'm getting at here? Like does it's he have a whip? He does he has a gun. So it's like I thought it would kind like of a be a shotgun though, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So okay. it's it's spelunky with ninety nine levels to get to hell, which hell is something I like. Yeah. So I I'd had my eye on this for kind of a while and then they just started including it in all those indie royales and yeah. stuff like that. And it's just ninety nine levels to H E double hockey stick. Yeah. And then the other game that I had was also a hell game. That I remembered called Hell Yeah. Hell Yeah. Woo! It was so, like Rise of the Were Rabbit or something like that. 
So it's got potential right it's, there. The game itself has so much... It's the opposite problem of this. Yeah. It has so much fucking art. Yeah. And it's... No game. Bad shit crazy, and the game is just kind of boring to play. But they did what I've always thought needed to be in a game, which is kind of have these WarioWare-esque things just crop in all the time. Like, big boss fights have mini games in them, which is neat. Yeah. But the story's stupid... And the game just wasn't that fun to play. There was a shitload of art in that game, and it looks great. <laughs> so, what's, what kind of art is it? Like, what's the style? It's like cartoony, side scroller again. Um, I don't know if it's like a Metroid or not. I can't remember if you like get shit and then Power have ups. to backtrack. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's kind of the same uh, feel where you're you have you can go up or down. You know, progress through areas with this ability or get a different ability. Lots of art, just stupid story, and yeah, it was just. That's usually the death of most of these games that are twenty, you know, twenty minute or less games. It's like they're good enough, which is why you bought them. Yeah, but then they're just so generic that they can't get you to not play a different game that's does exactly. the same thing better. Mm-hmm. I don't, so, I don't remember what I bought it on, even if it's in my Steam or. That's why I think a, a I got lot of these on. games are not bad. Bad games are just too generic. And again, we would love to be proven wrong. So yeah. if anyone wants to write in and tell us, oh, I played one of these and it act like I, I played to the moon. Doubt and- you'll say that about the void. Okay, that's fair. I doubt it. But <laughs> prove me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. If they say it gets incredible, um, I won't play it. I'll listen. Joey will play it. I might play it. But if you're lying just to get us to play a shitty game, I will. I will burn you to the ground. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Um. I have uh, one more new segment. Um, we're like halfway through the show, but we'll do it anyway. Alpha time. I wanted to do a really quick spotlight on some alphas, which I know is not Ari's forte. Um, yeah, so I will not chime in. You will not chime in. So I just, I, I found myself buying a lot of them because it seems like that's where a lot of really weird, interesting new ideas are starting to form. But for whatever reason, those people are having trouble finishing the game without getting money along the development process, probably because their idea is so weird. Uh, but I bought uh, a game called The Escapists, uh, which is de- are developed or published by Team 17, I think, which is the Worms Dudes. I did look at this, and I almost bought it. A lot of these games you're probably going to mention, I you, tried to buy. And then you realized. And then I realized they were relaxed, <laughs> and then said, fuck, and just threw my computer in the wall. Yep. So the Escapist is um, it's playable now. It's it's sort of if you take the Prison Tycoon or the uh, Prison Architect, and then the opposite angle of playing one of the guys, and you're trying to like get out of it. There's a crafting system. There's it's sprite kind of cutesy. I haven't played a ton of it. Keep your eye on it. Pretty neat. Um, I also got Crawl, which is a pretty well known one. I think. Oh, there was point. another one I really wanted to buy. But you played it at my house, and you felt like it it was like a, an experience at least, right? Yeah, it was pretty full. Yeah. The the controls I didn't love. I think oh, it, Crawl? Yeah. It's, there's Some definitely the a weirdness like to it. so bizarre, and you have to get used to them. And so while you're getting used to them, it's just like... I don't think that's a fault of the game, though, so much as that you're just, you know, it's new. Well, it was a choice. Yeah. A choice to make that... To make them kind of squirrely when you're fighting with it and stuff. Yeah. Crawl's pretty neat. Uh, definitely only get it if you have several people to play play it with. Uh, and then the last one is a Desura dive uh, for a game called Airship. Or Airships. 
it, it's one of these things where you can you build different oh, airships. Oh, I do remember it. Yes. And it looks like you create giant floating Looked ant very farms. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. So there's um, a defense version where you're keeping your city from getting destroyed from other airships. There's a map where you can send your airships to other places, and then it becomes like watching your simulation play out. You create your own ship with different rooms, different things they do, and you hit go, and you watch them kind of do their thing, and it's it's really charming and cool looking because it's like I said, it's like a little floating ant farm, but it's four dollars. The guy just needs to try and get to the finish line. So yeah, throw this guy some money because it, it actually looks really neat. It is fair warning though, earlier than these other two. Yeah, way earlier. The uh, the one thing I was just looking up was uh, I remembered when we were talking about Monaco. Do you hear that? the guy the dev is coming out with a new game no he announced a new game no yeah totally different type of game monaco's uh, in development forever though so this is probably going to come out in seven years yeah it's true it's a uh, real-time strategy oh armada yeah andy schatz is the uh the guy he describes the new game the new rts as a battle of wits not a battle of clicks that's interesting so it's yeah. a nice little marketing line right there yeah so uh, he's not worried about them clicks per minute or whatever they call them it's uh, the thing that the Dota and the StarCraft people always freak out about, like yeah. actions per minute, yeah, or something. Seven hundred and eighty actions per minute. I'll get a little closer to your mic too. You don't tell me what to do. Yeah, tell you butts. All right, let's get into the show. Showtime. Forty minutes in. <laughs> show. We're going to try a new thing. We're going to go for themies this time instead of it being yeah, an accident. Yeah. So, Ari, you're themey. Themies. Themey. Themey noir. Themey noir. Themey noir. My two themelets. Uh, <laughs> I, don't like, I don't know if I like this naming pattern. Too bad. Okay. It's here to stay. What's your themelet? Uh, you Steves, listen up. Themelets coming at your ear holes. <laughs> the, uh, the theme themey today is noir. So the two games I'm going to be talking about are uh, different, very different. <laughs> one is Noir Syndrome. One takes it serious. Yeah, one is is a serious, more traditional noir, and the other one is very different. It's jazz punk, which is very style, very goofy. Adult uh, Swim. It is an Adult Swim game. Yep. It's it's funny, but it's not <laughs> it's not like laugh out loud funny. It's more like that Clever. game is fucking bonkers. Well, yeah. I played like it's maybe an hour or two of craziness. jazz punk, and it is fucking crazy. So I guess I'll talk about jazz punk first because that's like the deeper, weirder. So it's, it's man, it's completely out. It, it's like psychedelic. It's like the '60s, like uh, what was that? Escape from the Island or whatever. You know, where it's just like Doctor Moreau. No, <laughs> I think maybe it was just called the Island, where it's like old uh agents were retired to this like spooky island where like this you know giant orb bubbles would trap i have no idea what this is it's crazy shit like there was a time in the 60s where it was like the psychedelia mixed with like james bond and created oh it was a thing yeah just made this like weird uh output uh so that's what this is like it's like Mm -hmm. taking crazy hallucinogens and playing a normal <laughs> adventure, a regular noir movie, movie or something <laughs> adventure noir game because like even to start the missions that you're doing you basically take a pill bottle and pop a pill that says like 
Michonian or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and then you get like transported to really bizarre uh, situations. Did that, you finish it? Yeah, I beat okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's It was definitely one of the more interesting games that had come out of Adult Swim since like the Super Puzzle pl- platformer stuff. Yeah. Because I just... I, I didn't really track any of them. I bought Fist Puncher, didn't play it. I bought Fist Puncher too. Did you get House of Ninjas? House of Dead, Dead Ninjas? I did, but I could never get my controller to work with it, so I didn't really play that that much. Yeah. And this actually seemed like they were trying to do something different, or, you know, I'm sure Adult Swim's not really. It's way different than all the other Adult Swim games. Like yeah, they just stamped sure their name on it to, to get it out there, but. Poop it out the door. The, the game's strength. I would say, is supposed to be in its story because the game game part of it is like kind of non-existent. Do you mean just as like the An experience, adventure? Like a roller coaster. Like you okay. you're, you don't do anything new on it, but it's supposed to be getting from A to B is just the co- cool part of it, I guess. Right? Because it's not like you, there's a ton of mechanics in it or anything. You're walking around picking stuff up. Well, then inside the game are these really weird mini games that you can get transported into. Oh, like the pizza. Like the pizza, where it's Minecraft zombie pizza world. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason. For no fucking reason. Yeah, where you like pick up a pizza cutter and then you have to cut these pizza zombies. Yeah, Just I remember like that now. Yeah. Really trippy shit. Uh, or fighting bowling pins. That's part of the main story. But that's the main story where you have a fly swatter and you have to like... Yeah, smack bol- smack the fly in a room full of like glass. Ming vases and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like, it's just like really weird, quirky stuff. Um, the art is really cool. It's it the Basically, it kind of looks a lot like Saul Bass openings, you know? Yeah. Like very stylized. But then there's also like the arm that you use when it comes out to do stuff is very Ren and Stimpy, like uh. knobby. Super realistic. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, you like gross. nudge things off. Yeah, it's this gross arm. Is it? Um, I, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Is aren't the people kind of like 3D versions of the prison architect? Like they're kind of floaty bodies with heads. Yeah, they look like meeples almost, like more rounded off meeples. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They have no individual legs. It's just like a wood mm-hmm. thing, and their arms are kind of nubby sides. And their heads are kind of nubby too. They're just very soft and round. Yeah. There, there's a, the rhyme and reason of the game is that there is no rhyme and reason. It's like everything kind of juts out in weird angles and st- stuff sticks out and pizza zombies. And I don't know. It's. I, I, I got like exhausted. <laughs> and I was like, I just, I'm not in the There's mood a lot for this. of like uh, reference to other. Um, spy stuff and uh-huh. you know a lot of like wordplay and puns and stuff like that and, but did it work for you yeah i thought it was fun i thought it was funny and okay. weird and psychedelic uh because that that stuff maybe it just depends on when you get exposed to it sometimes that works for me it's very like monty python in some points where it's just like very goofy mm-hmm. just straight goofy but doesn't really make any sense yeah like those kind of interstitials during monty python where like a giant foot like would drop terry gilliam type shit yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's a pretty good representation I yeah um and then the the levels are like the style of it i think is very cool the levels are very interesting design it's it's kind of they describe it as like a soviet uh 50s kind <laughs> okay. of noir yeah so the technology is all kind of older. Um, you don't really ever get like Russian American. Like there's no subtext or politics or anything like mm-hmm. that. But you still get that very like 50s, 60s vibe. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question that I'm pretty sure I know the answer to. 
at the end of it, do you feel like you understand anything more? <laughs> uh, there's certain things that just are transparently like this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. The story, like, and because they're does the fact that it not makes sense make sense at the oh, end? Oh no, they're not like this was all ex- Doctor Explosos like crazy Ray that yeah. made you feel nutso. Okay, nothing like that. Okay, no, they don't. That would in be the kind wor- of a cop out. Yeah, in the in this world, this is all kind of normal stuff. Yeah, the world is just goofy and like, uh, there's great weird jokes where like the guy who gives you orders is is like this weird. He lives in his office trailer. He's like a oh wood. yeah yeah. So you walk into that guy, and then after he's done talking to you, he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go downstairs now." And he just like walks down behind his desk and falls asleep. Yeah, and you can just walk around the desk and just see him passed out. <laughs> or he does that, and you go around the desk, and there's no hole there, but he's gone. He's gone. I think is one of the other times. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of goofy jokes like that. I, I'm. I should try to go back to it. I say that with a ton of stuff now, but it's just like, I don't know if I wanted something so a little... this was a 20-minute or less game for you. It, it was, yeah. but I knew it shouldn't be. I think it was just I wanted, when I was playing something, I wanted something more fun to play rather than just yeah. to sit through this, and watch. I mean, this is an adventure game. Mm-hmm. If you don't like, you know, point and click, really. It's a, a first-person adventure. First-person adventure, yeah. yeah. So... If it feels you, a lot like uh, you need a little bit of patience for those. Yeah. So if you just want to sit down and play 15 minutes of like some crazy shootout battle, this isn't going to do it for you. Sure. But if you like like sitting down with, it's not that long though. It's it you know it uh, the whole game is you know less than it's 10 a couple hours. hours. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was two hours. Oh well, that may be like halfway hours. through or something. Yeah. So it's it's not that much of an investment. Yeah. But I should it's, I should it's try fun. and power through. And it's funny. I uh, it it plays like Thirty Flights of Loving. Did you ever play that? No. That game's like ten minutes long, but it's one of those where the first person shooter mechanics are only okay, or not first person shooter, but first person mechanics. It, it's functional and it's there, but it's not really the why you're there. Yeah. It's to experience the world and the story of this thing, which I feel is what Jazzbook kind of. There's other modes so. too that you go into. I mean, at some point you put on a. Uh, one of those what was the old nintendo system that would go over your virtual boy a virtual boy you put on a virtual boy and play virtual tennis really in the red and the black wow yeah it's pretty neat like there's a lot of stuff like that and like that's the minecraft pizza level which like there's no reason to put those in and they had to make that shit the reason why that that's not in other games is because that's expensive like there's no reason (laughs) so time consuming yeah just something you think is is funny maybe they had like a bunch of old prototypes lying around and it's like well let's just make it a secret in this level or something but i i thought that was funny i give them props for being able to follow through because that's a funny idea on paper that almost any smart business person would be like, this is a terrible idea. Uh, and some of the, the like, the the weirdness also makes it semi kind of menacing and creepy. Which oh. is neat too. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. <laughs> kind of like, um, like the, the Roger Rabbit's uh, enemy, the guy who's super bizarro but really creepy too, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. I can't remember. Under his, the, uh, the judge. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, but just the ambiance of like the insanity where you feel like you've taken crazy pills, <laughs> you know. All right, creates a kind of menace. I, I I definitely liked it. Was into it. Super pumped for it to come out, and then it did, and then I wasn't. Especially, I would I would watch uh, the video trailer to see if that's an aesthetic that you really dig, and if yeah, you do, yeah. then it just plays more and more into it. And if you like kind of like get smart or like old kind of jokey spy stuff naked guns naked guns mm-hmm. this is less uh 
you know, broad comedy than Naked Gun is more like weirder, quirkier, but um, the aesthetic is really neat too. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, now so let's flip, flip it. Yeah, I guess we didn't really talk about them together, but well, we are kind of still. Okay, so the next we're noir. still noir. Yeah, next themelet for all you theme heads out there. For this themey, oh, I hate it. I don't want to call it that. It gets grosser the more you say it. Yeah, I'll tell it does. You that. It does. <laughs> like start getting extra saliva in my mouth. I'm just like ah, uh, noir syndrome. Ah, uh, noir syndrome is totally different. It's a pretty forgettable name. Yeah, <laughs> for one. This is a very uh, more compact game. It's like 10, 20 minutes. You can, oh. you can beat the game. Okay. It takes a little while to understand what you're supposed to do. And then if you want to burn through the game, you can just burn through a whole match. Because it's kind of matches more than it is a story that you're playing through. Okay. I have apparently no idea what this game is. It's generated. It's like a... Uh, procedurally generated? Procedurally generated detective murder mystery. With a new story every time. That's the, the selling point. Oh. It's a new story every time, but it's the same story. So don't get too excited. Right. There's there's two modes, though. So that's kind of neat. Where One mode is the normal standard mode where you're a detective in a city and you have to hunt down this person, the serial killer, okay. Anubis. So it's always a, a murder of some kind, and the A to B is always different. From Anubis. Yeah. The same serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the A to B is different. The second mode is you're at a dinner party in a giant mansion. Someone's dead. Clue style. Someone ki- starts killing other people, and you have to like find them. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, that sounds cooler than the main mode. It's pretty fun. I actually beat the the haunted or the mansion mode before the regular mode. Uh-huh. Um, the tutorial is kind of crap. <laughs> it took me a while to figure out what I was supposed to do. <laughs> that's a back of the box quote from Ari. From WSD Podcast. Tutorial's kind of crap. Well, it, I didn't know what I was supposed to do for a while. I didn't know, like, like how you... If s- they told you, you'd finish the game in ten minutes. <laughs> well, like, What's half of that? Trying to figure out how the game worked. It was like, how do you select the killer once you figure out who they are? And oh. arrest them. I didn't know how to do that. Well, that breeds tension because you're trying to select them and be like, you're the murderer and they're coming towards you. You're, no, you're just talking to them because they're in front of you. <laughs> Until you select them, they don't know that you're the murderer. So you're standing in front of the murderer and like... Fucking, I know you're the murderer, and they're just like, you might want to look in the police station. <laughs> Fuck you! I know you're. It's... I know you're the goddamn murderer. Um, <laughs> but what you do is you collect clues, okay, and you collect money, and you collect uh, candlesticks, info from people, uh-huh. and you do all three things in the exact same way. Uh, there's basically three buttons, other than the movement buttons, mm-hmm. which there's no up and down. It's just side side, okay, and then you have. Uh, a movement button which shoots your gun, which you only have a few bullets. Oh, just, why don't you just shoot the murderer? Well, you can, and then you lose, because I, that was the first thing I tried. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I murdered them. I know what? Am I the murderer? Well, that's what happens. The police then show up, and they, and they start shoot. You? Yeah, they arrest you. Well, shoot the police. You can do that, and then it just gets worse and worse. Like, the key keeps going until you... Cheat code for infinite bullets. Until you run out of days. Oh. Uh, <laughs> And then the world explodes. So you do have to find the murder within like nine days or something like that. And each location basically sends you to a different day. So there's a map and you can pick like one of the 20 different places. And then in those places you click on, use one of your buttons to click on everything. 
like that you just walk by. So you're walking by, <laughs> and side like a, scroller. A name pops up. Not even. And there's like a chair, a bed, a bookcase. You walk by, you click. You walk by to the bookcase, you click. You <laughs> so you're just smashing bed, that the click. entire time you're walking by stuff. You do. The on, the downside, the way they tried to balance that is that like... It gets rid of it. You get hungrier and hungrier. And so you have to buy food to feed yourself mm-hmm. because you're doing all this work. Now, if you play in normal mode... I just set, looked at the chair. I need a cheeseburger. I'm so hungry. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> cheeseburger. Um, Noir syndrome. It doesn't... In the normal mode, it doesn't do anything because... You can look at every single thing on the map and not like die of hunger. Okay. <laughs> you know, but you collect enough money, you can buy a cheeseburger every once in a while, or like blintzes or whatever fancy foods they sell <laughs> in this game. You know, uh, I, I sell boiled goose. I'm oh, going to I'll the buy, cheeseburger store. I'll buy one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you talk to people, and they're like, they say it's probably jared smith you should look at him and so he gets added to your suspect list uh-huh. and then you have a clue list which your clues are like i found this sole of a shoe it's either gonna be for a dancer i totally or for a didn't driver. know what you were saying at first like a like shoe. souls aren't a living thing <laughs> like a shoe you find I get a it shoe. Now. okay yeah. no soul you find a shoe okay and it's like this is a dancer shoe or a driver shoe so then you have dancer or driver and the next one's like this is a police or a cop and so police or a cop or civilian is like a different level so you know it's like i know it's a woman i know it's either i know it's a police officer i know it's a dancer and so if you're suspect is she smaller or bigger than a bread box you can fit her in your mouth <laughs> okay if that you, rules out most of them <laughs> it's tiny terry goddamn <laughs> tiny terry again wow uh so then you figure out who it is and then you select it meanwhile they might send hitmen after you. So if you go into a level, oh, there might neat. be someone with a big target sign above them that shows their... And they'll start shooting at you. Sometimes I've gotten to it to where I've stood on them. And so they'll keep shooting and they'll murder every <laughs> single other person in the level. <laughs> which is pretty funny. Does the cop show up then? No. So the cops are... Only, don't, only if you, you do, do it. it. Yeah. You can have the... Uh, <laughs> you can have uh, the cop show up or you can piss off the mob by stealing from them. Uh, it sounds like there's more here than I was anticipating based on what you said at the beginning, but like the um, <laughs> the um, the randomized part of it, I can tell already what it is, and it sounds like that's kind of false advertising a bit. Yeah, because it's it's it is random where the bad guy is and who the bad guy is and, and what, what clues, the parts are. Yeah, but the the actual way you play the game is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a big game, you know. Like I said, it's 20 minutes. Um, it's a seven dollar game. Uh, I think it's, it's a little steep. It's a little steep for what it is. You can probably find it on sale. Yeah, uh, it's fun. The music is really cool. It's got that noir vibe. The pixel art is neat. It's um, kind of like longer leg gentlemen that kind of weave around the world, like uh, sword and sorcery. Yeah, like sword. They, they look very much like sword and sorcery people. Uh, I, I like the idea of that. Um, a randomly generated single person thing. Uh, obviously, because of Spelunky, but I think that's kind of what Ken Levine was saying he was going to go try and do um, after essentially shrinking down. Uh, what's it? What's that company? Uh, Bioshock. Oh, who made Bioshock? Yeah. Uh, irrational. Irrational. Shrinking irrational down to like twenty people. He said he was looking into like single player um, replayable experiences. Yeah. Um. So this sounds like it's kind of in the idea, only it's more of a like a sketch, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're doing the same thing in most of the games. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun. 
to see the different locations a few times. I've replayed it a couple times because they're quick games. And once you figure out what you're supposed to do yeah. and how you're supposed to select the person that you're supposed to arrest and how you arrest them, sometimes you can... It has uh, achievements. So, like, and unlockable, like, costumes and stuff like that. So, it might be, like, Hats. don't... Like, full costumes. Hats? Like, sex party costume. But hats. Or, yeah, hats. Okay. You have to pay an extra $1,000 per hat. <laughs> For hats. Real money. Oh, okay. <laughs> They send I, you a picture of the guy who made the game then wearing that real hat in real life. Okay. The the gameplay that you described, though, doesn't sound super fun. No, the actual gameplay itself is pretty standard. Walking right, back and forth, right and left, and clicking. Um, it's So you're not really playing it for that there's then the challenge of trying to get like the person as quickly as possible yeah there's the noir world which is neat there's the it's a gussy version of guess who yeah kind of <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it yeah so, but guess who was fun for a while guys remember yeah that? remember you flipped there on those little the things guy with the bald head and the lady you never pick him because he, does your guy have hair no, no. then it's that dude <laughs> every time <laughs> fucking guy he's the worst murderer <laughs> He was a murderer. Never murder FYI. if you're the only bald head in your friends. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I think you also accidentally found another themelet, which was two noir games that you don't play because they're fun to play. <laughs> you play because you like what they're doing outside of the actual gameplay of them. I thought uh, jazz punk was fun to play. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to like jump over things, but like the actual moving around, I thought was was cool. Okay. And, you know, looking at everything. Uh, so I don't, I, you know, I would give it a little more credit than that. Uh, noir syndrome, yeah, it, you just get past the experience pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But the the actual like little challenges they set up for you makes it replayable. Uh, I like that they, they at least put in the effort. I guess they it's didn't have to. It's an interesting idea. Yeah, and I like that it's it's kind of an adventure game where you're not pointing and clicking. You know, you're. I mean, you're just clicking on everything, but it takes you're, out a layer that you you realize you don't really need. Which is like the combining of items and all yeah, that crap? Or just like the, you clicked in the wrong place and so oh. you didn't get this one little thing and like... You That's know, what you, always destroys me on an adventure game. Story. Uh, it's interesting to see a game where you're just walking back and forth but you still feel movement. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the locations that they make are cool. There's like a hunter's club, like a weird uh, elite hunter's club where like rich people can like get bounties on random people and you can shoot them you get like a card like oh neat there's stuff like that or like you go to the killer's apartment and there's like weird egyptian drawings on the wall that you have to investigate because of anubis because of anubis uh i killed him lots of times so i yeah i wouldn't say it's the best game in the world i wouldn't say it's a huge game it's just a small game that's i thought was trying something yeah um you know it's it's an adventure game that's also different every time but also is not a straight point-and-click adventure. So or, you, you know, a first-person adventure. I would buy it on sale. Do you prefer Jazz Punk? Jazz Punk was funnier. It Like, it had a new experience as I was going through the whole time, and I was just like, what the hell's going to happen next? So I would say yes. Like, Jazz Punk is a wholeheartedly... I If you like anything about what that game sounded like, it's it's total recommend. Okay. Noir Syndrome, I think particular people will like it who like it noir like adventure uh and it's not that expensive it's pretty cool just in that it does something slightly you know different than other games christmas sale yeah christmas sale that's yeah, it's totally fine yeah so that's the noir theme like <laughs> 
Hamlet, I don't have a really quick way to describe it. Also, ne- by next episode, we have to come up with a different name than Themelet. Nope. <laughs> Mine is uh, board games that are digital only because of something in them that makes it have to be that way. Now, let me try and explain this in a way that doesn't sound stupid. Is, um, my Why don't you start with what's a board game? A board game is uh, what people with beards play in the dark because outside is too hot. Yes. Okay. Um, No, I have two games here. One is called uh, Six Gun Showdown by Cryptic Comet. I'm going to actually look up that name. Now that I say it out loud, it almost doesn't sound right. While you do, I'm just going to mention one other thing. Is it's funny that you mentioned 30 Flights of Loving? Yes. When talking about jazz punk? Because they actually thank that guy. Oh, Brendan. Chung? Chung, yeah. Because they drew inspiration from it. Really? So you're dead on. Nice. Yeah. I'm good at this. Yeah, dead on. <laughs> I like I liked 30 Flights of Loving. It's just over too quick. I mean, but it was all it needed to be, so it's kind of a tough one to, mm-hmm. to criticize it for that. Um, Six Gun Saga uh, by Cryptic Comet. Um, and then another game we are going to talk about called Quadriga, which is iPad and PC game. But both of these games um, have the style of a board game, but there's parts of the mechanics that um, make it easier uh, to exist because it's in a digital form like randomization elements or you know stuff that you were tr- if you're trying Movement. to do it on a board stuff has hit points health and all this stuff it would be way yeah. hard or you could fiddly. technically do it with dice like you could just sit there and roll dice for forever but it would not be fun but these things were designed for the me- this medium and not like a board game first and then turned into this so Cryptic Comet, I'm going to kind of turn my talk about Six Gun Saga into this guy in general. Yeah. Because what he does is is only this. I found him from his first bigger game called uh, Armageddon Empires. Are they like DLC? Each game kind of just adds a different venue no. for the same game? Each game has its own set of mechanics, its own systems, its own flavor. And I think why I found it, <clears throat> excuse me, to begin with was he just keeps nailing. It's like Legos. He keeps nailing these themes and subjects that i think are awesome like the next lego set comes out like oh it's ninja turtles ah, that's awesome you know yeah. oh next lego set oh i like this he has uh, a post-apocalyptic fallout he's got one that's like politics in hell he's got the six gun saga which is one i was going to talk about uh, about like old west dueling and shit and then his newest one that i just found out about and i'm pretty excited to look into is called the occult chronicles and it's essentially like an hp lovecraft board game go to him joey yeah go to him he knows you so well <laughs> i know go to him he he makes these games in director which i don't know a lot of people that do that anymore yeah um it was like Macromedia Director, now it's Adobe Director, and I don't know anyone who uses it, but it was a really easy way to make these like interactive presentations and shit. Yeah. The games themselves are kind of um, nuanced in how he's able to trick Director into doing what he wants it to do, and it's not the slickest thing in the world, and I think part, <laughs> part of that, like he, these manuals are like, for the games, are legit manuals. So you have to print them out and read them. I, I printed out Armageddon Empires. It was thick. And I learned how to play it, and it was fucking awesome. Once I learned that, I think a lot of people are not going to be willing to do that, which I totally get. So it's the same people who are willing to do that for board games. Exactly. It and just takes that interest in, me- in mechanics and in you know the kind of fiddly 
his rules. the 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 combat or the um the things that are similar between Six Gun Saga and Armageddon Empires is you have a faction versus another faction. You create a, essentially a group, and then you can play cards to that group and then move it around a board. So it's a card game. Yes, but it's cards where they're also pawns that you're moving the cards as a pawn. Yeah, you. you it's like in Six Gun Saga, I'm going to create a posse. It costs yeah. three dollars to create a posse, and then I can like send guys to it and then move it. Is uh, there a board or a six, map? There's a there's like a hex map in Armageddon, and in Six Gun Saga, it's just like uh, two victory point cards that it's like you need to have an outlaw to move here, and then every turn you start there, you get points for being there. Okay. So the other person's going to try to attack you with one of his groups, but you can set up. There's like a the cards in the middle that you can move on to. Uh, your home base card and in the middle there's these like three alleys it's kind of like the stepping stone to get to the points cards that you can set that's up. where the fights happen you can set up ambushes and stuff <laughs> um the one thing that i thought was really awesome not one thing in six gun saga is instead of dice he uses poker which is a really awesome way to still be kind of random but it fits in the theme of this old west saloony shootout thing it, you 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 go into so you're battle fighting user using poker hands. Yeah. So it's like rune spell. No, it no, it's they they only use the poker as a way to do randomization. Let me scoot this back. So you go in with like your your strength. It's yeah. like you I have 7, you have 6 with all the combinations of the dudes and the fighting posses. Yeah. And then you go in there, you have two cards in your hole on each side and then they just do the the middle. Yeah, the river. The river, and then whoever has... You get points for, like, what or the poker. flop. Sorry, the flop. Yeah, it's when you turn them over. Yeah. Uh, you just get points based on what your hand is. Mm-hmm. So instead of rolling a dice, I rolled three. You rolled a two. We add that to our fight totals. You get points for, like, one pair, two pair, you know, high card, full house, straights, and stuff. And that gets added to your strength. Okay, so, he, so you're not trying to beat each other's hands. You're just trying to add to your... To your sport total. Yeah. To okay. Like, so it was like a really neat in-theme way to add some randomization. Keeps it kind of uh, board gamey, especially because it has actual cards. And the, the chief mechanic is that every card essentially can be played as like four different things. Do you have to sit there and read every single card? No. I mean, you can. Um, there, You know, I don't want to get too deep into mechanics because like with a game like this, it, there's it goes a goes on forever, it, yeah. Yeah. I think Six Gun Saga, out of all of them, is the easiest one to get into. I can't say for the Occult, whatever, uh, Occult uh, Chronicles, because that's new. Um, How long does a game take? Um, you, it's very variable. You can It goes to victory point total. It even uses like the board game vernacular, like VPs. Yeah. Um, but there's no like campaign mode? No. It's like you set up a game and play it. Okay, and do you only play against computer, or is there a multi? There is no online multi, as far as I know. Um, I... I haven't uh, dug in because he constantly supports these and he um, brings out like micro expansions. So Armageddon. Is it just more cards? Yeah. What do the card art look like? Oh, the art in these is awesome. Is it like painting? It's it's like comic book level awesome shit. Like Armageddon Empires, I think that is initially what drew me to it in the first place. And then I saw like it was a really crunchy, you know tweaky board game looking thing mm-hmm. had cards and looked like fallout and like robots and alien shit and there was different factions it's like this stuff looks awesome and then the game is like it's like trying to learn civ when you've never played civ before yeah or you've never even seen a city building game right 
So there's four factions in Armageddon Empires. He's released two mini things that are just free if you get the game itself. The game itself is $14.99. Like, he does not charge a ton for these, and I think it's because they are so niche. But, you know, like, if you were if you had cards and you are moving around a map, it's just something about the way that it works that... I think there were, in Armageddon Empires, there was more of, like, a formations for fighting. And Six-Gun Saga is simpler in that. You're just flipping over the poker hand to add to your, your total or whatever. Um, Solium Inferium, I think is Solarium. That's the, the hell voting one. Politics in hell. Is it is it only Steam? No, it's only him. He only sells it direct. Yes. Oh. Which is why I think not a lot of people know about these. He just recently put Armageddon Empires in a bundle, but it's still download only. Like, direct download. So Does this, it only play on PC? Yes. So, okay. So, I mean, I have um, VM Fusion on my Mac, so I have Windows installed. Mm-hmm. So that's how I was playing it. But they're not, like, big games in terms of Space. graphics and yeah. all that. Like, it doesn't need... there's no animation, right? Uh, no, not really. It's no. just the same as if you were playing Solitaire on uh, Windows, where it's just, like, card flips. It doesn't even really do card. It's like stuff just appears. Like you draw cards, and then two more cards appear in your. Okay, your hand. so zero animation. Yeah, because so it's pretty light. Is there music? Yeah, there's music. There's sound effects. There, like, it's it's all really well thought out. Once you get in the headspace of this designer, um, Solium Infernum is the I haven't figured it out because that one has more of like a voting. Uh, like I want this guy. It's so voting, but it's only local multi. I don't, let me look here. Because it, yeah, a lot of those games they seem like they'd be really cool if they were online multi. Yeah, I, which I I'm really, sure is so much harder for that kind of a game. But I really don't think any of them go online. Maybe local. Um, is the AI any good then? Yeah, it's good. I enough. feel satisfied. Yeah, like, when I win and I, it I don't feel, feel possible you you can like exploit bullshit to win because so much of it is actual randomization. Uh-huh. It's tough to say. Like you know, that's true. Yeah, I don't feel like he's being cheap. The and here's the interesting thing. Going back to Six Gun Saga briefly, uh, how I was saying every card can kind of be used to for like selling it for money. You can play the action on it. You can use it as the guy in your group, or every card gets randomly assigned a a playing card, like a jack of clubs. You can play that to your group as a jack of clubs, and then when you get into a fight, if it would help you to add the jack of clubs to one of your two cards, you can do that instead. How much in the theme does it get? Can you, like, visit a brothel and get venereal disease and then get hung for spitting on the sheriff's <laughs> horse or something there there are those like crooked lawmen again the art is fucking great but there, the other half of the game is deeds which is essentially i own the bank yeah so now every turn if someone uh is under their budget you have to balance your books at the beginning of your turn like every good western yeah yeah you heavy to, accounting in western because dudes you know require a dollar every time or every turn in order to keep them hired so I have the bank. If you are unable to do something, then I'll get points. Like it's it's a very board. Well, I don't know if I'll work for you. You got a dollar. <laughs> it's a very board game, board game. But it's I don't know. It's very strange that this he keeps making games, which I is awesome. Yeah. I I'm not 100 percent sure where the market is, but it's definitely for me. Yeah, good so, enough for him to. Yeah, and again. Least- 
he knows how hosting. to pick, yeah he knows how to pick a fucking theme <laughs> um on the book of six gun saga five people he did art and or i'm not art he did programming and design yeah there's an artist musician and uh maybe another artist and the other person's credit was they did the manual it's a super yeah. small fucking team is the manual usable yeah it's yeah. really really thorough like it lists every card like it's uh cryptic c-r-y-p-t-i-c comet c-o-m-e-t dot com he sells it directly through his site you can't get it any other way not desura not steam so buy it till he dies yeah and then i don't know i'm gonna reach out to this guy though and see i don't, I don't know where he's located yeah um in a basement <laughs> the, that's yeah. for sure the uh copyright on the page is 2007 but he just probably hasn't updated that. yeah well that's i guess how long they've been around when did the this game come out which uh saga six gun saga yeah six gun saga um i'm not sure uh you think it was in the last five years i think so i bought this when i was in la already he comes out with games very slowly uh, yeah, yeah i can imagine he comes up with like the new theme the new system like they they all kind of feel like they're in the same family but uh in that there's cards and everything but there's like one thing that's different enough about it that you could see he couldn't just integrate this into like armageddon empire or something like that um yeah six gun saga is only 9.99 like i said it's the lighter armageddon empire is 15 it's like a lot of game for 6.99 or it's 9.99 oh 9.99 I, there's no specific release date. Okay. Anyway, cryptic comet, and then. Side of that quadriga. Or what are you doing with the stud finder? Oh, you mean the zircon? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, I never played the game. Uh, I never Circus, heard of it. Circus Maximus, the board game. Yeah. Which apparently is where this uh, inspiration for quadriga came from. Yeah, I never heard of Circus Maximus. I didn't. I hadn't either. But it's a chariot racing thing. And I don't know, why did Romans use V's for U's? That's what their language is? Is that That's, that's what the alphabet? It's like... That's dumb. The numerals are Roman numerals because that's what the Romans I'm, It's use. quadriga, they but did. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced kvadriga. Kvadriga. <laughs> I was always... I, I was paranoid I was saying it wrong for reasons that will be more understood here shortly, but... Um, Ooh, cryptic. Cryptic comet. Um, Sounds like somebody needs a zircon. <laughs> Find me some studs. Uh, no, it's a it's a pretty neat um, game published by Slytherin. 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 Uh, where it's a turn based chariot race, which again, there's something about diving into a a new mechanic that is really satisfying to me. Um, and it you know even though it, it lacks some of the really fine detailed polish of like a bigger release or something it's something i hadn't really seen before so much so that i paid like the ten dollar price tag of uh an ipad game which is one of the more expensive ipad games i think i've ever bought the other being 
broken age or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but it it gets its entire um, system choice across with only symbols. Yes, it's like infographic where you yeah. almost need a legend to figure it out. But a lot of them are intuitive. It was to where you get it super quick. For how many there are, it was very impressive. And yeah, you're surrounded by what, like fifteen? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, in front of you, you have a, a row that like deals with stuff forward or backwards, and then there's an up and a down, like a three column. Uh, choice of uh, symbols and stuff that this is probably sounds like fucking gibberish to me. You, uh, let's go back. You're a yeah. chariot racer. Yeah. And you got to beat the other chariot racers. Yes. By doing various actions that you pick through symbols. And there you go. In my, thank you. In my experience, the harder part is to not flip your chariot and then just telling your dude to hang on no matter what, <laughs> which I was playing it again last just do night. do it, bro. Yeah, just fucking quit me in a pussy. This is your it. job, man. <laughs> so what? You won't race again. You're racing right now. They're, your horses can die, and they become obstacles on the course. You know, uh, your chariot can flip, and then your dude is hanging on to the vines of the horse, and he's just getting like drug behind it. Yeah, the reins. The, the vines. vines. You know uh, those horse vines? Drop, <laughs> Ari. Making me self-conscious now. But he's he's just hanging on to it, and then when it's time to make another decision, you can tell him to let go, yeah. or you can tell him to hang on. Every time I'm like, you fucking hang on to this thing. And then You're a if, team player here. <laughs> I am not hanging on because that's not my role in the team. Yeah, I have to you, tell you to hang you on. You play as a team. Eventually, my guy just exploded in a blood cloud and was gone. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, very... It's, it's top down, so it's pretty far away from all this stuff, but my dude just went... And it was just like a bloody mist. And then See ya. I guess I died. But the uh, there's a, a campaign mode where you can kind of raise your stable of horses and riders and recruit and upgrade chariots and all this stuff. And it's fucking hard. Yeah. And I... It, I didn't get that deep into it. I am yeah. not good at the game, but it's still kind of awesome to see that, that very tiny ant farm-esque thing, like I was talking about with airships, where... You make choices, and then you see how your choices are reflected in something that's kind of running already. Do you think you can be good at it? Yeah. Because okay. there's there's definite... Because um, I was making choices, and I was kind of like... I never really saw results immediately to know whether that choice was right, or whether there was a wrong choice, or whether or you knew it was a wrong choice, because you would die instantly. But mm-hmm. you don't know if that choice was the wrong choice, or like five choices before. you made before led you to this choice to be wrong. Mm-hmm. I never was able to get that feeling on whether um i was playing well or playing bad i could totally i could totally see that i think you know part of it being the game of it just as much as playing it is figuring out how to play it well yeah kind of it's like i on the surface first you figure out what the symbols are yeah step one which again to its credit was pretty yeah not too bad pretty fast took a couple playthroughs for Mm -hmm. me to realize but then once you get them you get them then the next step is then figuring out how to play the game using those symbols. Use, using the symbols in a way that doesn't disrupt your simulation of your chariot and your horse and all that stuff. Which, I mean, it's really easy to play a car game and then you get into the subtle stuff of like drifting or, you know, cutting corners at the right angles and stuff like that. That's what this is, only it just feels like you're bad at it because it is, you can do it turn-based and you, you have a second to sit there and think <laughs> about, do I want to change lanes? Do I want to speed up, slow down, all this stuff? And then you hit go again, and then your dude fucking just eats it immediately. <laughs> and it's, I don't. It, Sorry, bro. Yeah, part of it is I think 
learning from your mistake and going back and trying to figure out this thing, but it is very unforgiving. It'd be cool if it had a rewind button. Oh, it's so like, like undo? You can like undo the last 10 moves. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. boop, 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 boop. Okay, now let's try it again. Mm-hmm. You know, just to kind of teach, like, I have a Go game on my phone where it's like, Go is a really freaking hard mm-hmm. game. But like, it's like you chess can, deep. It's deep. It's chess where even computers haven't learned how to, to play beat Go? people yet. Yeah. Oh. Where it's like, chess computers have been beating people for forever. Yeah. But it's, you can go back like, okay, I, I that was a bad stone to play. I'll go back one stone. Okay, I still don't know how to undo this. I need to go back five stones. You can just like pick up those last five moves and then redo it and kind of like get no, slightly neat. better. I bought a Go app, by the way, when you were talking about how you were getting into that because oh, I yeah. wanted to relearn how to play it and then fight you and then we never talked about Go again. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, man, I suck so much ass still, but it's fun. But that Quadriga would be a great game to have that in. To just to, like to learn from your sticks faster. And like rewind one lap. So now you can, yeah. Yeah. No, that's see a, what would have happened if the race was different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's the the graphics of it are very simple. Um But cool. And the sound is really neat. Yeah. And you know <laughs> you <laughs> No, but I mean like the the blood like mist of your horses. Yeah, the, yeah. It's it's a pretty deep sim. Um, we reached out to the developer, which is Turnopia. Um, very very small team. I believe it's the dude and maybe an artist and a musician or something. Uh, but he referred us to Slytherin because uh, English is not his first language. Yeah, which, which is totally understandable. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, we I could not do it uh, an interview in any other language about Italian anything. or something. <laughs> Maybe about like where's the library? Oh, there's the library. <laughs> Thank you for that interview. <laughs> <laughs> why why do libraries still exist? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, we t- we were able actually to talk to the producer for Quadriga over at Slytherin about the game because he's able to speak English and um, had the knowledge about the had, game and was like he, happy to tell us about it. Exactly. He, he, I guess producers at Slytherin are kind of assigned to games and then they are with the game throughout the development, like alongside of the person actually making the game. Yeah, at whichever point they decided to publish the game. Yeah, to bring it into their so. circle. Slytherin is, uh, they, they really specialize in that kind of hardcore strategy Um simulation type of stuff lots of uh war games quadriga i think was the one that grabbed me because it looked so different um but we were able to talk to them so let's roll that interview time slytherin uh, all right uh we are now joined by tomash from slytherin uh hi guys talking to us about quadriga from all the way on the other side of the world <laughs> yeah hungary right according to the skype info oh yeah that's uh that's a bit of an outdated skype info uh since then i've moved to the to the uk oh okay uh, to work for Slytherin, yeah so <laughs> gotcha a little bit of background i'm sure in the show we've just talked about quadriga a little bit but um it is a turn-based strategy game which is like Sly- slytherin's go-to genre I would that's, say, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's correct. We are mostly dealing with uh, with uh, strategy games and turn based on that. Yeah, yeah. So, one of the cool differences, as I'm sure we might have just talked about, <laughs> is that it's turn based, but it's turn based of uh, one constant action, which in this case is a chariot race. Which- uh, that's right, and uh, actually the game has two modes, uh, both turn ba- turn based and uh, and a real time mode. Um, the main main difference is that um, during the real time mode, you need to issue uh, your orders to your to your team 
while the race is still going on. Whereas, of course, uh, in, in turn based, you, you get uh, you get the race to pause, and then and then you can issue the orders. It's um, it's pretty neat because it almost feels as as if uh, it's two different games. Exactly, and I noticed when switching over to the real time mode, that's the mode where I would just die immediately. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it takes a whole different level of skill. Yeah, to pull that I was, off. I, I yes. in the turn based mode, I'm like, all right, I think I'm kind of getting this, and then when immediately faced with the having to make a decision that's correct with a time limit just everything fell apart for me really, <laughs> right away yeah um, that's uh, that's right because um because usually there are a lot of uh, options and hard decisions to make each mm-hmm. turn and uh, and yeah in real time you just have to make it in a in a few seconds the uh, the visual language of the uh, the act the icons i guess you would call them but the, how you he essentially crammed so many different options into such a small real estate was pretty impressive. It's like, it takes a couple games, but once you get the idea of what all the symbols are, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty great how he's able to get so much across. And he, meaning um, <laughs> Daniel uh, Soria, I get, was he the sole developer on this? Uh, Daniel, Daniel Lopez, yeah. yeah. Um, he's he's the one who designed and, um, and developed uh, the game. Uh, he had a couple of other guys, uh, Eduardo and Pedro, helping him with uh, graphics and music. But yeah, he's the he's the main uh, main guy behind the game. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's a ton of different symbols and uh, different iconography that you have to use and kind of memorize what they do. But a lot of them are really intuitive. Like, there's kind of a, a, a zigzagging line that just means like beat the heck out of your horses and move <laughs> forward. There's an up arrow that'll, you know, just move you up a row or down a row where you can try to, you know, another one that looks like a small explosion where you kind of crash into your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think like Ben Hur. This is the kind of chariot racing that we're talking about, not just like, you know, dapper gentlemen standing around a horse track. And, uh, you know, one of the things that drew us to wanting to talk to you guys about this is um, I read a little bit from Daniel in another interview where he kind of said that his inspiration came from a board game design background. Um, I believe he talked about um, Circus Maximus. Yes, that's uh, that's kind of a classic board game, which which dealt with the same subject. Right, I've I've never played it, but Ari and I are huge board game fans, and kind of seeing the the mix of a board game mentality into a like a, a strategy video game mm-hmm. uh, design was pretty awesome, and you can definitely feel that source of inspiration coming through in here a little bit. Oh yeah, that's uh, that that's uh, certainly was uh, was part of it. Uh, as uh, Daniel uh, told me, yeah, he's he's also a board uh, and uh, and computer gamer, mm-hmm. uh, of course. So am I, needless to say. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> being being also a big fan of uh, of board games as well. So, so yeah, it's been it's been really terrific uh, working on this game uh, with Daniel because uh, um, even from the from the start, I really liked the the unique theme mm-hmm. and the and the gameplay mechanics. Uh, which, which, as I hear, you guys are also liking, which is uh, which is great. Yeah, that, was, that, <laughs> yeah, that would that would have been an awkward interview. <laughs> so, so why'd you make a bad game? Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's kind of talk about a little bit uh, about your involvement in like the the Slytherin side of mm-hmm. the development of this. Um, you you yeah. are the producer from uh, Slytherin, that's right? right? Uh, that's right. Yeah, and uh, and and as such. Um, I was involved by helping Daniel with uh, things like some of the 
um, some of the design decisions um, and also uh, coordinating between him and the different uh, teams of Slytherin, like you know marketing, um, also um, helping dealing with the with the beta tester team, uh, who have, who have been also uh, very cool and, uh, and and very useful in in helping fine tune the game. Okay, so how how far along was Kadriga before like? Was Slytherin involved from the very, very beginning? Uh, not, not from the very beginning. No, the, the let's say tactical part, so the actual race part, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, was pretty much done, and we we had some uh, some fine tunings with it, with it um, based on based on the things that we saw, and then later on what the what the beta testers reported. But it it was pretty much uh, uh, done, and it was the campaign layer which was existent. Um, and uh, but that that's that's where I guess um, uh, the most content were added during our, our collaboration. I got it. Um, okay. Were there features yeah. that uh, were originally planned that became just too ambitious during the production phase, or that you felt didn't make sense for the total vision of the game that were ultimately cut out? Well, the I think we we pretty much uh, had uh, set ideas, so we didn't have to cut. Uh, anything, anything major. Okay. Um, one of, uh, I guess, the main thing. If if I wanted to summarize, um, uh, the main thing that uh, that has been added uh, since Sintorin uh, became involved was um, uh, trying to get as much flavor into the campaign game as po- uh, as possible, while of course uh, also keeping it fun and and uh, playable. And uh, and Daniel has been really uh, open to that and great about it because he he has a pretty uh, good knowledge of the. Of this ancient Roman period, the game uh, covers. Oh, sure. And and so, but of course, that's that's not something that like everyday knowledge for all the gamers. <laughs> uh, so, so what uh, what we we try to do is just uh, uh, transfer as, as much of that as possible because it's um, the really the whole uh, chariot racing world uh, was quite fascinating uh, yeah, yeah. In, that, in that era, and um, so that's uh, that was like the main focus, the the new things to add because otherwise, as I said, the especially the racing part was was pretty much done uh, by Daniel by the time we started working together. Wow! And do you know what he developed it in? Was it a Unity game maker? Is something completely uh, different? It was. Uh, it was Unity. Yes. Was it okay? That seems to be the the go to these days for pretty much everyone we've talked to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems to be. Yeah, it's um, making it's, uh, it's pretty neat for um, for for new developers. Yeah, it's, it makes it so much easier to port from system to system and kind of increase your market um yeah yeah uh, that's too although although conversion between uh different platforms is, not, is never like a, a straight away job like from, sure. from pc <laughs> to tablet or the other way around yeah i uh i have it on ipad and mm-hmm. and i had not seen the steam release beforehand like it just showed up on um uh, i read touch arcade a lot and it kind of popped mm-hmm. up there in the the new game section and I noticed there there seems to be this um automatic blowback for games due to pricing structures above like a dollar which uh yes which is ridiculous yeah. because you know I I understand the amount of work and the amount of time and the amount of resources and people that have to go into this stuff and uh Quadriga is 9.99 on an iPad at least at the time I purchased it I don't yes. know if it's the same but that's already a 50% discount from essentially the same game on um 
Steam. P- Steam, PC release and stuff like that. Yes, this is uh, yeah, this is always um, a kind of a hard thing for a for a for a publisher to get right uh, because uh, we both want want the games to reach as many people as possible, mm-hmm. and and but also we we would like uh, our developers. Uh, to be able to continue making games, yeah, you know, to actually so live off of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, especially when um, they pour their whole lives into those games. Yes, and um, and I guess that that's something that uh, uh, a lot of players, uh, uh, a lot of gamers, do not do not really have an insight into, and 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 might just not uh, understand. Right. I mean, the amount of work uh, involved in, in making these games. I mean, I I was a gamer before I joined Slytherin, and yeah, it was. Almost like a uh, revelation to to see behind the scenes, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 just see the the amount of work uh, the developers are putting it into it, the different teams are putting into it to make um, to make these games. So, so yeah, but it's um, it's it's kind of a hard balance to uh, to make. Yeah, I'd imagine. I, I Slytherin seems to be one of the few developers consistently fighting that good fight and trying to convince people that there is value in a like a a non 99 cent game. So uh, like you guys have a couple other releases on iPad that are, that follow this sort of similar pricing structure. Um, and I mean, they are niche, like you're, you're focused on like the deep strategy war games. And I think it's easier when you have that really specific group of people that know what to look for in those genres. But, um, you know, it's the the sort of downward trend of pricing versus people who are trying to turn the the mobile medium into something that's like legit games can exist here. They don't all have to be Flappy Birds. They don't all have to be, you know, Zynga. Well, it's outputs. It's, it's just yeah, so like funny that, yeah. that if if you, if people buy a game on Xbox Arcade or on the PS4, they're willing to spend you know thirty bucks, forty bucks for an indie game. And then, on, as soon as it switches to a phone or iPad, then it's a dollar. Oh yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> you know, there's nothing yeah, more than a dollar. Uh, yes, and personally, I'm I'm not convinced if 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 that's 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 like healthy. This downward spiral you, you mentioned, so it's uh, it's definitely not helping uh, developers. I think. Yeah. Uh, but of course, well, yeah, it's um, and just as you said, we we are convinced that uh, the tablets can also be a platform for 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 more serious games you know and um and that's what uh, we have been trying to uh to introduce and and keep releasing well it's i think the strategy genre in particular is a pretty it seems like a great fit for a touchscreen device and oh yes oh, yes the it seems like uh because you're are, sorry for my lack of knowledge are most of your games uh of the turn based like you do you do move hit and turn because I haven't played a handful um, of the other ones. Not, uh, not exclusively, no. Okay. So we we have some real time games. We also uh, have some pretty neat um, so called Vigo games, you know, which like um, uh, simultaneously turn based, uh, where um, where basically both players uh, issue orders and then they are uh, uh, resolved in real time. Oh, yeah. okay, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we we have, we cover all kinds of uh, types of games, uh, but yeah, traditional turn-based games, yeah, really they they can work very well uh, on a tablet, uh, for sure. For sure. So bef- before joining Slytherin, were those the type of games that you played, or um, were they more just like 
in addition to your main types of games you played before joining, or has that become a bigger part since you're kind of steeped in that? That mainly, world? mainly I, uh, mainly I was, uh, I have been a strategy gamer and okay. um, and a war gamer. So yes, uh, Sudarin's uh, portfolio uh, has been a has been a, a very good fit um, for me for. Sure. Uh, for sure, yeah. Is is that on the the job application? <laughs> like you have to be able to beat a manager manager level person at a a strategy game before you you, you get considered. Actually, yeah, actually, that was <laughs> that was something that uh, that the guys uh, were looking for. Yes. <laughs> did, uh, did you ever get uh, into the the Warhammer games or any of those tabletop war games? Um, I was uh, I was mostly um, into uh, board games, you know, so not not tabletop miniature games, but uh, mm-hmm. but board games. But, but of course, as uh, as almost as almost any gamers, uh, I, I've been uh, I've known of of the games, virtual games, and and, sure. and such. Yeah. So this is this is sort of a really random question, but on the subject of war games, um, have you ever played Tri- Twilight Struggle? Um, yeah, of course. Uh, Ari and I <laughs> tried to play tri- Twilight Struggle, and apparently we just don't have the, the mental capacity to, to figure yeah, it I out. I think we got 96% of it, but there was definitely at least 4 to 10% of the rules that we probably got wrong. That, that completely broke the entire experience. Like, I can tell there's a good game there, but we both printed out, you know another copy of the rule book and then watched an additional video trying to like explain it (laughs) explain it to us and there's this like this huge hurdle because we don't play the war game section of board games it's more just like you know traditional euro and american Mm -hmm. releases so it 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 seems to (laughs) there's like ramps it up there's this barrier to entry for that sort of deep strategy war stuff that uh you know we're working on but we don't quite have the gland for it yet or something well yeah and um yeah i guess that's uh that must be um some level of barrier in the in the board gaming world yeah like like transitioning to the more complex stuff i guess that's that's something that computer uh strategy games uh, can be very helpful at mm-hmm. that's true you I can't mean, get the rules wrong when the computer's <laughs> dictating how to play or yeah, I mean, uh, yes, yes. Uh, obviously, there are different uh, levels of complexity for in, in computer strategy games. Of course, I mean, I mean, we we cover uh, all kinds of levels of, of games. So, um, but yeah, with a, with a computer, you you don't you don't need to remember the rules and such. So it's uh, it's an easier transition and uh, into the game or into the world of uh, of uh, strategy games and war gaming. Sure. So, what was the strategy when you guys decided to um, that the game was done and that you're ready to market it? How how did you guys at Slytherin go about, you know, ex- releasing this into the world? What what's kind of the path that you take with games like Quadriga? Well, we we usually get a good idea about the uh, the sc- schedule. We will uh, we will want to keep with the games, of course. And um, that isn't isn't um, too much uh, well mysticism to it. <laughs> <laughs> so we we you don't we kill try a chicken to... and say a prayer to some unknown god. That's <laughs> no, no, nothing, for... not, okay. nothing of the sort. I mean, uh, <laughs> and yes, yeah, so we we get to we try to determine what uh, additional work the game needs, uh, what kind of features uh, we would like to see in it, how much time that would take, and then just. Um, and then just keep uh, keep to it to the best of our abilities. Mm-hmm. But what what's kind of the um, the venues that you advertise in? Is it mostly just through your website and then through your marketplace stores? 
Uh, well, we have our we we have our website, of course. We have a yeah. pretty nice uh, and big uh, community um, on our on our forums. So, do you do you kind of have like a a really dedicated fan base that will just check out the next game no matter what? Like, uh, we you... have we have those. Yes, uh, luckily it's a it's a really nice uh, bunch of people, and but also of course we try to um, to reach out to. Um, uh, to more places uh, mm-hmm. to get um, get a better uh, view and more attention uh, to our games. This this has been this has been something that's uh, that has been ongoing and and still going on, and um, we are getting uh, better and better uh, results uh, with it. Great, it's fighting fighting the good fight at least for the uh, the pricing thing. So you know, I <laughs> yes. I, I applaud you guys for holding to your guns on that. Is as painful I'm sure as it is sometimes. It's it's for the I'm, it's, it might sound it might sound cheesy, but it is for the develop, developers because it's um, as as we discussed earlier, it's something where we need to strike a, a balance because we want to have both the fans and the developers pleased and the developers uh, to, to keep uh, uh, doing the great games they are making. So sure, yeah. So do you know what uh, Daniel's next project is? Well, it's not public yet okay gotcha. <laughs> yeah that's fair well we'll keep our eyes open and ears open oh yeah def- uh, definitely um it's been it's been really great working with him and i think he's a really uh talented guy so yeah definitely pass on our congrats to him i, I know it, it was sort of a language barrier issue getting uh daniel on here himself but uh pass on congrats it's it's Thank definitely you. a cool game and it's something like i said i just hadn't really seen before so yeah, it's always refreshing yeah, to see something that's in a cool theme and totally different mechanics-wise, but still uh, comfortable enough. Like, there's enough m- relatable mechanics that it's not imposing or scary or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just a nice, interesting difference. Yes, thank you. It's um, yeah, it's uh, that was our view as, as well of the game uh, when we when we uh, signed it and 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 started cooperating with Daniel. Yeah, and, it, and it's been an office favorite as well. It's, oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and feel free to keep us posted on uh, any other stuff you guys are working on, coming out, etc. We'll, um, yeah, I believe you have both our emails, so feel free to shoot us an, a note. Yeah, thank you for thank you for uh, covering the game. It's been it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Yeah, enjoy your night. Thank you. Right. Have a nice day. Right, bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Tomash, for spending the time to talk to us. Uh, it was really interesting to hear not just about you know the development of the indie game from a publisher side but also to hear just about publishing yeah that's not something we really run into a lot especially in the indie scene because that usually isn't like a part of the process many publishers yeah yeah Yeah. but no slytherin uh i had actually heard of before we started talking about quadriga mostly because i'd see their games see that like uh with armageddon empires those like really dense things that you have to dig into and I just was like, I there's no way. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you gotta get be super into whatever the simulation, like what the theme uh, the of the Battle simula- of 1812, like yeah, uh, the War yeah, of 1812. Yeah. Like, I'm super into that moment of history or whatever. So this is worth it. Exactly, and I'm super into killing horses. So like Quadrigo is like super up my alley. I just really <laughs> needed to see what that was about. <laughs> well, just wait till you find horse killer sim. <laughs> wait till we make horse killer sim. Um, so you, should we give away another game? Yeah, do you want to do... Let's just, just fucking... What do we got? What have we talked about today? Let's give away... Uh, 
Oh, I'll talk while you're looking up that. I'll talk about our ongoing competition, mm-hmm. um, which is we're going to start streaming more uh, gameplay videos, like Joey was talking about. Uh, since he got a fat pipe, my, my, my pipe to the fattest. He's, he's going to share his fat pipe with me, and we're going to play with it uh, for all the benefit of all you guys. <laughs> So on uh, camera, on camera, yeah, for the internet. So <laughs> if you want to see a dude play with Joey's fat pipe on the internet, like I know there's a lot of videos already, but like that'll happen. So if you can, uh, I also think I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I also think we fucked up with the Splunky thing because we made two parts of that and it was like an hour long. So it says there's only 93 views because I think you have to watch so much of a video before. It oh, like it logs it? Counts as a few, yeah. <laughs> we need to re- release them in 30-second bits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, anyways, uh, recommend games for us to play that you think would be cool, that we already own, or that you know we can pick up that you think would be funny or would be interesting to uh, watch us play. Send I, it to us, what was it, two weeks after we post this? Uh, they, well, this is an open one. They can do it whenever they want. Okay, and then if we actually play your game, we'll send you a... Re- uh, We'll send you a cool game. So we'll send you game. You can see our um, what games we own on Steam. Yeah, you can't see any of the like the weirdo Desura games or anything like that. Yeah, but that's no, fine. I, I mean I'm clockface on Desura. If there's any other people, you can have friends on Desura. I don't no, know if Ari's on it. I'm not. Uh, but uh, clockface and Dibno D Y B N O on Steam, and you can join the also the Wazpod page. Yeah, Wazpod group in Steam. Uh, so yeah, that's that competition. Also, though, if it's a game that you just think would be, oh, this is an awesome multiplayer game, or this would be really hilarious because it's so bad or something like that, just send <laughs> it to us anyways. We might just buy it and play it. Yeah, yeah. And, I- and that includes like Xbox Arcade or PlayStation Network or anything else. Cause yeah, well, if it's if it'll be funny, I'm, like I'll spend five bucks to play something I know is terrible if it's funny looking. Yeah, like, what are we gonna play? That uh, lifeguards. Lifeguard, which is totally. Uh, we'll we'll get into that later. <laughs> Just keep an eye out for that because it's the best. Okay, uh, that's only on Xbox. It Xbox Arcade. Okay, yeah. we'll have to figure out that recording setup. Yeah. It'll be less easy than computer, but we should still be able to do it. Uh, let's give out. Uh, Tiny Inferno, because it's right below Thomas Was Alone. Okay, Tiny Inferno. So what's what's competition for this? Um, uh, send us your favorite card or board game, the one I like the best or something. We'll just give yeah, you Tiny we'll just Inferno. Pick one. Maybe we'll send a couple people things because we got some. Other no stuff. Settlers of Catan. Yeah, please. No, no Monopoly. Uh, get yeah, indie. No, <laughs> no get Monopoly indie with your board game. <laughs> Satisfy us. Please. Satisfy Joey's big pipe. So is that the name of the episode then? I don't know. Joey's Big Pipe. I'm you would like that, it. wouldn't you? I would. Yeah. Uh, cool. Got anything else? Uh, join our Kingdom of Loathing clan. Yeah. Which is just Waz, WASD, look in the clan finder. Um, I just bought us a basement, so uh, we have that a is- bunch of open multiplayer levels. that uh, you, They're basically like cooperative levels that you kind of work together. Um, you got to chip away at as a group. As a group. So, so like, there's the slime tube, which is a thousand things in it. Whoops. There's a slime tube, which has a, spittoon. <laughs> a thousand Joe things spit. that we have to collectively destroy, which if it, it's a single person, it's going to take forever. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Join us. Kingdom of Loathing. Uh, Wads Clan. And then 
You can uh, friend Joey on Steam, as he said, at Clockface. I'm at Dibno, D-Y-B-N-O. Uh, Waz group on Steam. Listen to all the other podcasts. Go to the Explosive Magico page, which is explosivemagico.com. There's a donation store. It's, I'm just it's so distracted. <laughs> There's a donation store where it's like Kickstarter. You can like donate money, but also get really cool stuff back. There's an actual store store where you can buy different stuff related to all the podcasts. There's a secret store which lists all the podcasts to find out about. Hey, what's our password? The secret shop this time. Um, what about uh, the void sucks? <laughs> Sorry, guys. At the void, the password for the secret shop is the void sucks. <laughs> so all one word, all lowercase. There you go. Uh, check out what's there. There's special <laughs> deals, um, all kinds of. Cool I guess stuff. we're not going to get an interview with the void guys now. <laughs> Honestly, don't want to talk to them. Oh, okay. Like there's certain games. Like when we played Duck Game, I was like, oh, the guy who made this has to be cool. When I played the void, I was like, oh. I don't want to get anywhere near these people. <laughs> what if it's like someone who we turn turns out is like a maker of a game we really do like? I doubt it. I'll put money on. I'll put. All right, before we go, I'm gonna look it up because I have it too. Okay. Anyway. Keep talking. So yeah, the check out the Explosive Magico page. Also listen to all the other sister brother podcasts: Climax, My Arms Are Lasers, uh, Lowell JK, uh, Paranoia Shop. They're all great. Phil. Mm. <laughs> you know i've gotten more requests for phil honestly it's i think it's the most polarizing podcast yeah, yeah where totally. i've only heard people either loving it extremely or wanting to rip their ears out <laughs> so that i mean that's an accomplishment right there sure that's cool if you know it's like uh, with art you know as long as it makes people feel something whether it's rage or you know enjoyment so okay Phil's making true art is what i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah we're making garbage here for the masses because everyone loves us <laughs> this is this must be the uh publisher not the developer because like the same publisher has like rust in it hotline miami or something yeah definitely cactus did not make the void oh wait no wait i, I accidentally clicked on the wrong thing so disregard what joey just said. yeah we'll go back it's um nd games the N-D. void d ufo extraterrestrials gold d Ooh, that's clever in the yeah see these are games i'm not going to care about <laughs> so i'm fine burning this bridge to the ground anyways the void sucks <laughs> password for secret shop we've got to add a new secret shop thing too uh when this goes up so there's a reason to go there okay i'm gonna do that i'll think of something okay sounds good cool all right sign us out oh uh um that up up down down left right a b select start thing it's called the konami code i just learned that recently i, I always thought it was the up down whatever it's konami code konami code everyone konami code goodbye <laughs>